The Bible Study Podcast, episode 696. Today, the Bible Study Podcast concludes the study of the book of Genesis. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I can't believe it, but we finally got to the end. Genesis has 50 chapters. I do a chapter a week. So as you know, this has taken most of the last year. And so we're wrapping this up, and we'll wrap it up with Genesis 50, and then we'll talk about what happens next. So you may remember last chapter that Israel slash Jacob died, and so we're going to continue on from that. Genesis 50, Joseph threw himself on his father and wept over him and kissed him. Then Joseph directed the physicians in his service to embalm his father Israel. So the physicians embalmed him, taking a full 40 days, for that was the time required for embalming. And then the Egyptians mourned for him 70 days. When the days of mourning had passed, Joseph said to Pharaoh's court, If I have found favor in your eyes, speak to Pharaoh for me, tell him, My father made me swear an oath and said, I am about to die. Bury me in the tomb I dug for myself in the land of Canaan. Now let me go and bury my father, then I will return. Pharaoh said, Go up and bury your father as he made you swear to do. So Joseph went up to bury his father. All Pharaoh's officials accompanied him, the dignitaries of his court and all the dignitaries of Egypt, besides all the members of Joseph's household and his brothers and those belonging to his father's household. Only their children and their flocks and herds were left in Goshen. Chariots and horsemen also went up with him. It was a very large company. When they reached the threshing floor of Atad near the Jordan, they lamented loudly and bitterly, and there Joseph observed a seven Day period of mourning for his father. When the Canaanites who lived there saw the mourning at the threshing floor of Atad, they said, The Egyptians are holding a solemn ceremony of mourning. That is why the place near the Jordan is called Abel Mizraim. So Jacob's sons did as he commanded them. They carried him to the land of Canaan and buried him in the cave in the field of Machpelah near Mamre which Abraham had bought along with the field as a burial place from Ephron the Hittite. After burying his father, Joseph returned to Egypt together with his brothers and all the others who had gone with him to bury his father. Joseph reassures his brothers. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, What if Joseph holds a grudge against us and pays us back for all the wrongs we did to him? So they sent word to Joseph, saying, Your father left these instructions before he died. This is what you were to say to Joseph. I ask you to forgive your brothers the sins and the wrongs they committed in treating you so badly. Now please forgive the sins of the servants of the God of your father. When their message came to him, Joseph wept. His brothers then came and threw themselves down before him. We are your slaves, they said. But Joseph said to them, Don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good, to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. So then don't be afraid. I will provide for you and your children. And he reassured them and spoke kindly to them. The Death of Joseph Joseph stayed in Egypt along with his father's family. He lived 110 years and saw the third generation of Ephraim's children. All the children of Makkar, son of Manasseh, were placed at 
birth on Joseph's knees. Then Joseph said to his brothers, I am about to die, but God will surely come to your aid and take you up out of this land to the land he promised an oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And Joseph made the Israelites swear an oath and said, God will surely come to your aid, and then you must carry my bones up from this place. So Joseph died at the age of 110, and after they embalmed him, he was placed in a coffin in Egypt. And the uh, one word there in terms of what it means, they called the place Abel Mizraim, which was means mourning of the Egyptians. And so that was the place where they saw these groups of Egyptians mourning. So we've wrapped up this story, and we wrap it up with this chapter here where Israel has died, and Joseph and his other brothers are mourning him, and they're going to do what Israel said. They're going to take him back and bury him where Abraham is buried, and Isaac is buried, and and where Leah is buried. And so they go back and they take his body back into Canaan. And it's this huge procession. It's amazing not that the brothers go or that Joseph goes, but it says that Pharaoh's court goes, that people, the dignitaries of the court and the dignitaries of Egypt are accompanying this Israel, this Jacob, back to his tomb. And it's really quite stunning if you think about the arc of Jacob's life. Jacob, who becomes Israel, which is sort of one of those major things that happens. But if you think of him, that he's born in this tent with his brother and his mother and his father, and the father likes the brother better, and the mother likes the, him better, and you know, there's this rivalry between them where he eventually steals the birthright and flees for his life with the staff in his hand. And now at the end of his life, not only does he have 12 sons and some daughters, but he also is being mourned by the people who are the dignitaries in Egypt. His life has made an impact largely through his son Joseph, obviously, but this is quite an arc that has happened here, and this arc in this whole book here, which focuses predominantly on these four generations of people, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and then Joseph and his brothers. You may remember that before we got to the patriarchs, we had the stories of creation, we had the lineage, we had Noah and the flood, we had Tower of Babel, we had a lot of other things in here, but we've predominantly been focusing on these four generations. And what can we conclude from this? There's, I think, two major themes that we're, we can pull out so far from spending nearly a year with the patriarchs and with these early stories, with the beginnings, with Genesis. One is that God is at work. And we see that here in this section in this chapter when his brothers now that dad has died thinking, oh my gosh, Joseph, we did all those terrible things to Joseph. We sold him into slavery and nearly killed him. We were planning on killing him until you know slavery seemed like a better idea because we could make some money on it. What is he going to do to us now that Dad is not around? And so they say, well, Dad told you to forgive us. Now, it doesn't say that <laughs> Dad did tell them to forgive him, but Joseph said, don't worry about it. What you intended for evil, God intended for good. God was working through Joseph. God was working in what they were doing, and God was working through the dreams that he gave Joseph. And we can see that if we trace back through this four generations. We've only done four generations here that's taken us more than half a year. 
that God is at work. So that's the one theme. And the other theme I think that we have to say is that he's at work in people who are not necessarily perfect people. I mean, we saw Jacob was a schemer. He's stealing his brother's birthright. We saw, you know, he and Laban and and the rivalry between he and his father-in-law as they're trying to figure out the sheep and, you know, he and his brother Esau as as the, the tension between the two of them. We see all sorts of things, the brothers here who become the 12 tribes of Israel who, you know, basically sell their brother into slavery after they don't decide to kill him. He is working with flawed people, and he continues to work today, and he continues to work through flawed people, which is good because we are flawed people. And that is a good theme for us to know. Why did he choose this set of people? We know that Abraham has great faith. We saw that when Abraham is asked to give up Isaac after he's waited so, so, so very long for this child and is willing to sacrifice Isaac. That terrible story, but it does tell us something about the faith of Abraham. So we know there's something very special about Abraham. Is he the only person at the time who had that kind of faith? It doesn't say that. But God chooses to work through this family. And God chooses to work through us as well. And then finally, this story wraps up. Joseph dies. And as Joseph dies, he says, I know you're not going to stay in Egypt, which of course would be the next book, which would be Exodus, that story of how these people become numerous while they're here in Egypt. So numerous that the Egyptians start to think, oh, they're going to side against us if an enemy comes to invade us, and so they make them slaves. But they're eventually delivered by God, again working through Moses. And Joseph says, I know the time will come when you will go back home again. You'll go back to the promised land, back to that promised land that God gave to Abraham, but Abraham didn't have enough people to keep, and Isaac didn't have enough people to keep, and Jacob didn't have enough people to keep. They're just a small band of, what was it, 70 when they came to Egypt? But they'll leave as a nation. And Joseph says, when when you do, take my bones back with you. And so this kind of ends the first chapter of God's story with his people. The second chapter will be that story of Exodus, and then probably the third would be the time of the judges and the fourth the time of the kings, where we finally then get into, you know, the New Testament, which is what we're going to jump to in next week and in two weeks. Next week I'm going to do an extra episode that seems to be a lost episode of the last chapter of Revelation. So we're going to jump from the beginning to the end because somehow I didn't seem to have done that chapter when we did Revelation a few years ago. And so we're going to do that chapter and then we're going to start a study of the book of first and second the books of first and second Corinthians. And that's going to take us again about half a year to get through those at this pace of one chapter a week. There's, I think, 16 chapters in 1 Corinthians and 15 in 2 Corinthians off the top of my head. And so that's going to be what we're going to do for most of 2021. So I hope you've pulled something out of this study of Genesis. I hope you have learned that God is at work, and I hope you'll come back as we dip a toe into Revelation and then, then as we jump into Corinthians.
And with that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com. Or better yet, leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. And thanks so much for listening. No matter what you're going through, you are not alone. Sis, if you've experienced pain in your father-daughter relationship, I want you to know that you are loved and seen. I'm Kia Stevens, host of the Hope for Women with Father Wounds podcast, and I created my show to help you exchange your father wounds for the love of God the Father. Join me for encouragement, wisdom, and scripture. Just search Hope for Women with Father Wounds on lifeaudio.com or wherever you get your podcast.